Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> My beautiful screamers. I'm back, bitches. It's Brittany, bitch. No, it's not. It's Patrick. And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 75. 75. Never thought I'd make it out alive. And you know what? I'm back from hiatus. Hyanus? My anus is high. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I'm back from hiatus and I'm ready to party. But not just any kind of a party. A slumber party, and that's why in honor of Women in Horror Recognition Month, two very special guests and I are going to be taking a look at the pseudo-feminist lesbian overtone slasher, Slumber Party Massacre. And as it says in the movie's tagline, you bring the pizza, he'll bring the drill, and I'll just sit here and be fabulous. And it's all going to start right after this. The Memorial Trilogy, the zombie epic by Dead Letter nominated author Robert R. Best. Lakewood Memorial tells the story of a single mom fighting the hordes of the dead to reach her two children. Ashton Memorial follows up with the trio finding themselves caught in the chaos of Ashton Memorial Zoo. And World Memorial tells you how it all ends. Own the trilogy that BuyZombie.com said can be placed amongst the classics of the zombie genre. Each of the three volumes are available in paperback and on Kindle. Or... Buy the complete Memorial Trilogy on Kindle for only $4.99. Go to www.robertrbest.com for more information. The Memorial Trilogy by Robert R. Best. Read it before. It's too late. Oh my goodness gracious Lord Jesus Christ, you have no idea how much I've missed you guys. Yeah, I know it's not like you're here with me now, but you don't know how much I have missed doing this for you. Turns out maybe going on hiatus wasn't the best idea after all. Because in all truth, in this time I've had off, I really have not replenished my artistic will at all. But I have been extremely... No, extremely is not the right word. I have been profoundly unhappy. And part of it is because I missed you guys. I missed doing this show. I missed the little banter back and forth that we have. I miss being your daddies. I miss being your mommies. I miss being your man, your bitch, whatever you want me to be. And I'm back now. So that's great. So, oh my God, this past month has just not been good. Not been good. So let's just start off the shit fest with the obvious thing. So I did not win the podcast award again. But that's okay. I'm really happy you guys turned out the way you did. Evidently, I did extremely well, and it was kind of close. But the title did not go to one of those juggernauts that always win. You know, one of those sponsored mega corporate conglomerate podcast bullshit things that seem to win every year. It was not the Feast of Fun. It was not any of the ones that always win. It was a little show called Throwing Shade that I genuinely get a kick out of. It's very, very funny. So congratulations, Throwing Shade. Your asses are mine next year. Or or maybe later tonight if you like that. Whatever. Whatever. It's all okay. So, 
As many of you know, if you've been listening for a while, you all know that I broke my ribs in November. And you're all like, shut up already. We know about your ribs. Boo-hoo. Give me my baby back, baby back, baby back ribs, for God's sake. Well, it turns out, my doctor's like, well, you should probably go for a bone scan to make sure everything's okay. And it turns out, it's not okay. Turns out Sally Field and I have one thing in common. No, it's not the ability to cry like a baby. It's not an ability to wear a brown football helmet and still look sassy and, and fantastic. No. You can call me Mr. Boneva now because I have got osteoporosis. What the fuck? What the fuck? Evidently, it turns, like, turns out one of my longtime medications is causing the onset of osteoporosis. So I'm switching medications. I am on, well, not Boniva, but I can't believe it's not Boniva. Taking all kinds of calcium supplements, drinking lots of milk, and just feeling like an old lady. And I just keep thinking about that episode of AbFab, you know, where, where Patsy was going through the menopause and got osteoporosis. And they basically, I remember when Safi brought her back from the doctor, she said, she's got the lowest bone density ever recorded. It's basically just bits of bone dust being held together by muscle sinew. And I think I'm a little bit better than that. But yeah, I'm on Boniva just to kick me when I'm down and make me feel even worse about myself. But you know what? I get over it. But you know what happened? This sucked. Like, the day I found out about this was actually the worst day ever. I forgot what all else went on, but it was one of those days where absolutely nothing went right. Uh, I forget where I had to go. I had to go to some class or something or an audition, and it didn't go well or I didn't like it or whatever. And all I wanted to do was get a drink before I went home. And, like, I went to one bar, and it was lesbian night, and that's great and everything, but eh, I really don't want to be here. And then everything else was starting to cover, and then I was getting cranky, and then I realized wherever I'm going to go, I'm going to be pissed off. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going home. Just fuck it, fuck it off, fuck it. So I go home, I get off the subway, la, la, la. I'm walking down my street, la, la, la. It's like 10 o'clock at night, la, la, la. I get to my corner, and some guy jumps me from behind. Not jumps me, he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he's like, who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? What are you doing here? I'm like, what? I just keep walking. I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Hey, 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 you come back here. And I shrug him off, and he keeps chasing me, and he keeps getting more and more aggressive. Screaming about, where do you live? Where do you live? What the hell are you doing here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck you up. La, la, la. And I'm just like, okay. I went to a certain place in my mind. Now, uh, oh, a good 15 years ago almost now, I worked for this touring Shakespeare company. Shenandoah Shakespeare Express. And we had this fight choreographer who was wonderfully insane. His name was David Pops Dorsch. And his fight choreography was deliciously twisted. Just evil, but that's not the point right now. One day, he said, we're going to spend the day doing self-defense moves. This has nothing to do with the show. But evidently, once upon a time, he sent out a tour. And while these people were on tour, they stopped at a 7-Eleven or something. You know, in the middle of the night. You know, because that's what happens when you're on the road. Two guys went in to buy snacks for everybody, and it turns out there was in the middle of a holdup, and they were both shot and killed. And he regretted that. He's like, if I had taught these people some basic moves, maybe they'd still be alive. So he always teaches his outgoing tours some basic moves. It's been 15 years. Everything came right back to me. His first thing that he says is, the thing is to be loud and be crazy very quickly. Because generally, they don't want to fuck with that. And all of a sudden, Pops was in my, actually wasn't even in my head. It just happened. All of a sudden, I pushed his arm off, 
And I just got up and his face was going, no, 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 as loud as I can. And he ran away. So I scared his ass. Now, normally I would give the Scream Queen of the Award, uh, a Scream Queen of the Week award to myself for that because that was fucking awesome. But I can't do that. I have enough tiaras. Did I just say that? No, no, no. That's just like too masturbatory for me. I could give it to Pops, but I'm not going to. That's for later. And I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful to Pops. It's just that this actually saved my life twice now, or at least, you know, protected me twice now. It just feels a little degrading to give him Scream Queen of the Week when this is a lifelong thing. So, Pops, you saved my life. Because I, I think I talked about it on here. I probably did, but I'll talk about it really quickly. When I was doing that show, The Ryan Case, you know, the one for which I was nominated for Drama Desk Award, you know, that one. Remember that one? <laughs> Ego flip. And a truck just started pumping oil outside so forgive the rumble but i'm not going to re-record this just because um yes but anyway pops always insisted every time before every single show if you have any fight choreography big or small you must run it in slow motion every single time for safety reasons just to get you back in your blood and you know whatever just it's good it's just a good idea to do and this one time this past summer i had gone you know, I was officially done with the Ryan case, but they asked me to come back and fill in. And the guy I had my little fight with, I was not really secure about. You know, I had some conversation with him, and I'm going, are you focused? Because it was really hard to have a conversation with him. And even at the fight call, I'm like, I don't know about this guy, because he's supposed to grab me in a chokehold. Now, when you do a chokehold in stage choreography, you actually just put your hands on the person's, on either side of the person's neck, but on the shoulders with your thumbs below the neck, but nowhere in near choking level, and the other person who's being choked puts their chin all the way down and does all the work to make it look like his neck is actually being strangled. And that was supposed to happen to me. I'm supposed to get choked. And we did the slow motion thing beforehand, and he did the thing at the chest. I corrected him. I'm like, no, 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 no. When you do this, the way I've done this for the past two years, you come at me and you do what I just told you. And instead he came at me and actually, in the performance, grabbed me by the throat. Really hard. And again, Pops did not pop into my mind, but the spirit of Pops filled my body. I lowered my center of gravity, put my hands together, brought him straight up, wrapped him around. All of a sudden, his arms are pinned underneath my armpits. And really, the next move is to go for a headbutt, and I almost did. So, Pops, that's twice. Not once, but twice that you saved my hide. So, in honor of that, David Pops Dorsch, instead of winning Scream Queen of the Week, I am toasting... An imaginary prairie fire shot to you. Huzzah! But since we're talking about the Shakespeare tour, and I haven't talked about, you know, I haven't had a really funny story for this time, I'm going to tell you a really old funny story. Well, a story that I hope you think is funny. If you don't think it's funny, you know what you can do? Sniff me. Sniff me like a dog. Sniff me from the front. Sniff me from the back. Then do it again. But anyway, so picture it. This tour, it was... Almost a year long. So for almost a year, 10 people were working together and traveling together in a van. Otherwise known as the Chamber of Farts. Because that's what it smelled like after about three months. Anyway, that's not the point right now. You know, it, I don't know when this was. It was a good chunk of time into the tour. And you gotta understand, people go stir crazy. Because, you know, you're, you're with the same people 24 hours a day. And the littlest thing could burst out into a... um some kind of 
crazy argument. You know, like some mornings you would walk in and be like, good morning, everyone. Everyone's like, how fucking dare you? Blah, blah. And everybody's fighting. You're like, what just happened? But that's tour life. This is not one of those stories. Uh, we had stopped for lunch. We pulled over while traveling and stopped at an Arby's. Because um, you know, this is the fun about tours. You know, pretty much all you eat is fast food. So you get really fat. So we're at Arby's and we're fat. Now, on this tour was a lovely, lovely, lovely woman named Lisa. And she was playing our Ophelia in Othello. And she was playing the Countess Olivia in Twelfth Night. And beautiful, beautiful blonde girl had her moments of extreme innocence. And this was one of them. She's eating her curly fries. You know, aside from roast beef sandwiches. Roast beef sandwiches? That's what I just said. What am I in? Whoville? Anyway, roast beef sandwiches, they're famous for their curly fries. And she's eating her curly fries, and she exclaims with delight, Oh my, look how long this curly fry is. It's crazy. And it was. It was really long. I don't remember how long it was, but it was an obscene length of curly fry. And the guy who was playing Ariago, I'm pretty sure it was him. I'm pretty sure it was Jeff. Jeff, it was probably Jeff, because Jeff is a trickster. He was, he was well cast. As, as, as Iago and Malvolio because he's that kind of guy. And I love him to pieces. It's a, it's, a, it's a character trait that I love in people. But he was able to just look at her and go, oh, that is a really long curly fry. Oh, you should bring it up to the counter and show them and they can enter it into the contest. Pause, pause. <gasps> what contest? Oh, they're having some national contest for the longest curly fry. You can win, I don't know, what, you win like $25,000? You might as well go up and enter it. She goes, oh my gosh, really? That's amazing. And so she went up to the counter. And she's bopping up there, her little blonde ponytail swinging. And I look at Jeff and goes, there's no contest, is there? She goes, of course not. Of course there's no contest. So now we're just observing. We don't hear a word of this conversation, but there's Lisa bopping up to the counter, all smiles, brimming with excitement, waving her curly fry in this guy's face, this poor country bumpkin guy who works at Arby's, just looking at her like her head fell off, because basically it did. And the thing that was amazing about this story was to just watch her face. Even though it was from the side, we could clearly see that moment where the light died in her eyes and realization washed over her that she was a fucking idiot. It was so awful, but so wonderful. It was one of the, my favorite memories of that tour. And I do miss a lot of these people on the tour. It was a long time ago, but some wonderful, wonderful people I walked, worked with. And I miss you guys a lot. Jeff Brick, Becky Peters, Lisa, uh, David McCallum. Gosh, so many people. And, and, and it just they're, they're not in my life anymore, and it makes me sad. But you know what? Every time I'm in armies... Armies? Every time I'm in the army... Or an army man. Every time I'm in Arby's and I'm eating a curly fry, Lisa, Jeff, I think of you. And Lisa, I think of that dead look on your face <laughs> when you walk back to the table knowing the ribbing you were going to get for the next six fucking months. So nothing much else has been going on. I'm back in audition, uh, back in rehearsals with the chorus for our upcoming Big Gay Sing. And I, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not feeling this one. I don't know, maybe it's just because I've been unhappy lately, but it's all show tunes, and I'm like, shh, shh. I mean, this might be great fun for the piano bar queens. Like, oh, I finally get to live out. I finally get to be, you know, Liza Minnelli on stage. Meanwhile, I'm like, boring. It's like the most boring selection of songs. It's the most obvious things. I already know the words to everything. If there's a harmony, it's really not that different. 
from what I learned when I either did the show or I just sing in the bar anyway, so I've just been so bored. People are like, aren't you using your sheet music? I'm like, no. Why not? I'm like, A, because I don't have to print it out then and like save a few trees, and I already know it, and everyone's like, eww. So I've skipped like four rehearsals. I'm going to get kicked out soon if I don't start going again, but I'm just not feeling it. Sorry. But I've been going on auditions. I'm taking some classes, and that's all great. And oh, since this is premiering on uh, February 14th, there's a show on ABC called Zero Hour. I did some background work back in, I don't know, I guess it was, I don't know, it was the same time I did that movie with Robin Williams and uh, uh, James Earl Jones and Mila Kunis. I can't remember when exactly that was, but um, I'm on it. Now again, it's just background, but I know I'm on camera. I don't know what episode, of course, so you'll have to watch a few, but Anthony Edwards is the star, the guy from ER and Revenge of the Nerds, and I'm walking directly behind him on the street for a good block and a half while he's having a conversation with some chick. And I've learned over time with doing background work, find the lens. If you can't see the lens, the lens can't see you. So I was making sure I'm right behind Anthony Edwards. Every time he moved one way, I'd move the other way. There's my lens. Whoop. There's the lens. I don't know if this show's going to be good or not, but hey, I'll be on it eventually. First one who spots me and writes in gets a t-shirt. Okay? That's an official, official thing. You write it on Facebook. You write it on... Well, the first person who contacts me and lets me know that they saw me on Zero Hour and can tell me what I'm wearing, you in a t-shirt. There, I said it. Oh, and Jekyll and Hyde is finally open. The Jekyll and Hyde Club is finally open. Now, you'll remember I had David Robiano on to talk about uh, Burke's offerings quite a while ago. And it's been teetering, waiting for certain permits to come through. And we finally all got them through. And we're open, and we're working, and it's really cool. Well, except we're not officially open yet. Evidently, we're in a preview period because we don't have a liquor license yet, which is a bummer. But still, it's fun. If you're in the New York area, stop by and see us. And hopefully by the time you're hearing this, booze will be flowing aplenty. Because the more you drink, the more fun you'll have. Well, that's just a rule for life. Except if you have a drinking problem. And then don't follow my advice. Shut up. Um, so what I have been watching... <laughs> one of the things that has actually gotten me through this very depressing period of my life is a little web series called The Most Popular Girls in School. The only person that likes Gossip Girl more than you is fucking Rachel Tice. No, no, no. I love Gossip Girl so much. Nobody's fucking talking about Gossip Girl, Rachel Tice. Why don't you go eat a roly-poly like you did in the goddamn third grade? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Rachel Tice. And it's animated with all these Barbie dolls, and it's just these awful teenage girls just being awful, and it's so wrong, and so obscene, and so funny, and it makes me so happy. It's got quotable quotes for all occasions, and Mr. Brad and Noah are always going around yelling at each other, and they're like, you had one job, Ashley Kachadarian, and things like that, or shut up, or I'll rip your arms off, or, you know... It's great, great fun. I highly recommend it. Check it out on YouTube, The Most Popular Girls in School. And it was recommended to me by listener Brett. And Brett, to keep me smiling during this incredibly depressing period, whether you knew you were doing it or not, I'm really grateful. So you, listener Brett, are the Scream Queen of the Week. Whoa, holy shit, girl. Yay. That's right. You got a tiara, but I'm not giving it to you. And do you know why I'm not giving it to you? Because your gown looks like a tampon dipped in Skittles and vomit. That's why. I would rather give it to fucking Rachel Tice than to you. Rachel fucking 
tithe. Oh, I love Gossip Girl so much. No, you don't. You just give out blowjays to people who, who do things. Anyway, go watch Most Popular Girls in School. It doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense at first, but the more you watch it, the more it does. Okay, there were two major horror movie releases in the time that I've been away. I saw them both. I saw Texas Chainsaw 3D, and I saw Mama! And the commercial kept staying in a really annoying way. Mama! The commercials were on every 30 seconds, and I, every five seconds in the commercial is a little girl going, Mama! And I'm like, shut up! I wonder what the title of this movie is. Shut up. But, um... Well, since I'm talking about Mama, I'll start there. And, of course, that's directed by, uh, well, not directed, but produced by uh, Guillermo del Toro. And I had high expectations, and it was not great. Now, I know a lot of people have liked it. I found it to be really insulting to my intelligence, possibly because they kept repeating the same things over and over again like I didn't understand it the first time. First of all, it gives Mama's backstory up right up front. Little girl tells the entire backstory right up front. Everyone else is trying to solve the mystery for the rest of the movie. I'm going, what mystery? She just told you the whole fucking backstory. But then you hear the backstory another like 15 times. Jessica Chastain is great in it as well, but she's a reluctant mom. You know, she's this punk rock girl, and she gets stuck with these kids through a series of unfortunate events. And at least 10 times... In various different ways, we have to hear a discussion with her talking with somebody about how she's not ready to be a mother. I'm like, I got it the first time. Plus, at some point, somebody gets attacked by a weave. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Parts of it I thought were great. It had the Guillermo del Toro fairy tale, dark fairy tale gone wrong kind of feel, but only in the last reel. But I know other people had a lot of fun with it, so I'm just a cranky old bitch lately, so there. However, on the flip side, Texas Chainsaw, which I went in with no expectations, I actually kind of really enjoyed. The 3D was for shit. You didn't, I didn't need to pay the extra couple of bucks, but I had a great time. I can't believe I had a great time, because in a lot of ways, it's a piece of crap. First of all, there's this weird time warp thing. It starts in 1974, and it's supposed to be following a daughter of some a survivor... This little baby that survived the massacre, uh, uh, you know, that, that it, anyway, she's part of the family, and she survived when, they, when this whole Waco-style thing rains down from the police and the locals upon them after the events of the first movie, and now she's all grown up, except it's now, and she's like 18, okay, it's been 40 years, I don't know why they just didn't set it in the 80s or the 90s or whatever, but they didn't, I got over it. I don't know why I had so much fun. I just did. I don't know why some things appealed to me because a lot of things were really stupid. They were just literally ripping off the first movie. There's a girl in it who... The, one of the things I liked about it is they kept the characters, the, the, the meat to the slaughter characters, they're all fairly likable, which is unusual in modern horror movies, except for one girl who is literally only divined by her vagina. She's always got her tits hanging out, and anything... I mean, all she talks about is sex and dick. That's all she talks about. And she's literally wearing the same outfit that um, the girl who get hung, got hung up on the meat hook did in the original. And she meets a very similar fate. I'm like, really? You're, you're th putting the throwback in a... I don't know. Now, some people didn't like the ending because it's, it's not a Texas Chainsaw movie. If you just take it as a slasher movie, I had a lot of fun. Big missed opportunity was when... Leatherface wound up at the town carnival. I'm like, oh shit, shit is gonna go down, and it really didn't. But anyway, I liked it. You don't like it? Fuck you. It's not about you. It's about me right now. I know I always say you're the most important person in the conversation, but you know what? I'm depressed. So you can go suck yourself. 
And if you can do that, I want video. Thank you. Now, before I start the show proper, I just want to tell just one more quick little story. Now, you'll remember that, yeah, I'm bringing up my broken ribs again. Yeah, back when I was doing that show and I broke my ribs, uh, well, I had to go on Vicodin. And the run wasn't over yet when the accident happened. So my first show back, it's been a couple of days, but... You know, I'm on painkillers now, and I'm really worried because I forget what happened, but, you know, something didn't happen right. We didn't get a chance before the show to figure out what we're going to do during the show to fix, I mean, to prevent me from getting hurt any further. And so I'm worried, and plus, I'm kind of high. I mean, I only took a half Vicodin that day just because I was worried about getting through and not tripping balls too hard. Now, the theater that we're performing in is lovely. However... The backstage space was tiny. Now, if you remember, it was part of a festival. So there were five to six short plays happening in one night. Which means you have the cast of five to six plays all packed backstage into two teeny tiny little dressing rooms. So there's a buttload of people bumbling around, all high strung. Ooh, where's my makeup? Ooh, where's my eyeliner? Ooh, where's my costume? And meanwhile, there are elbows and shit flying everywhere. And I don't, I, I, my ribs are saying, you need to go hide somewhere. So I went out and sat in the house, A, to get myself collected, B, to figure out what was going, what, how I was going to fix what needed to be fixed when it came up, and C, keep myself from getting wounded by high-strung actors. Uh, now, it turned out this particular performance, there was going to be a musical guest coming in and playing during, um, you know, after the house opened for half an hour. And... She came in, and I'm like, oh, God, now I can't sit here. I feel weird because, you know, I'm in my costume. I'm in my little pseudo-cup suit. So I can't be out here when people are coming in anyway. So I go, and I sit backstage in the wings. And in walks this woman named Killy, otherwise known as Mock Bottom. And she was, you know, performing a one-woman act that night. And she is a, uh, a looper, a sampler. I don't know. I don't know what the technical term is, and I probably should have looked it up before I further. Anyway, she's got a sampling machine, and her what she does is she builds these sound cycles, for want of a better word. She'll lay down one sound into the recorder, like bum, chicka, bum, chicka, bum, chicka, and then she'll lay down another sound on top of that. Ooby dooby, ooby dooby, ooby dooby, ooby dooby, and further and further, it's making chords and harmony. And it was fascinating to watch because this is taking a while. You know, she has to adjust things to make sure everything's right, and the timing's got to be perfect the way she wants it. And so it was just, I was enthralled watching her create these sounds. Then all of a sudden, she started singing, and I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was instantly in love with Kelly, a.k.a. Mockbottom. Now, granted, I was beginning to trip balls at this part, so the hypnotic nature of this, like, repetitive sound for five minutes, was, was, for this first song anyway, was, was helping. But anyway, I thought she was great. She was funny and everything. And the thing that really sold me on Miss Kelly was after she finished, she said, oh, you know, I just want to say that I had, a, I made a mistake in here. Actually, I made a couple of mistakes, but, you know, I could go back and fix them, but I figured they happen. And that's part of the art. It's here. It's in the now. This is how it's coming out tonight. It's part of the experience. It's the only time it'll happen. I'm, I like. I totally get you, Killy. I totally get you, Killy. And I think instead of saying, "Hey, that's awesome," I said something like, 
from deep in the wings. And now she turned and she looked at me. And she goes, hi. Uh, you having fun back there? And, you know, with my big I'm on prescription drugs smile on, I said something really smart like, And she just turned back to the audience like, okay, total mental in the wings. And I was. And that's cool. But anyway, enough of my... Oh, but the thing is, I, what, what she said about the mistake, I'm like, I totally get that and I love that. And the thing that I didn't even know there was a mistake because what happened, there was a point, I guess, when the mistake happened where the sound cycle started to get kind of discordant and ominous. And the thing was, the words to the song are quite funny. They're blackly funny, darkly funny. You know? And <laughs> I don't know why I changed that. Like all of a sudden I said blackly funny like it was racist. Anyway, shut up. Not the point right now. But when she made these mistakes, and then the mistakes were late, you know, it only got increasingly more ominous as it went on. It changed the whole tone of the piece. And all of a sudden, this thing that was funny became really creepy. And you know me, I'm a big old fucking weirdo. So of course I liked it, and I loved it. And so now I want to share it with you. It's not quite the same on the recording because, you know, she didn't make that mistake. But enough of my babbling. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the divine Miss Killy, a.k.a. Mock Bottom, Performing, I Turned You Gay. And this is from the album Kill the Band, which is available on Amazon.com and on the iTunes store. So go check it out. And by the way, she's going to be on the show someday, so she'll know if you bought it, and I'll know if you bought it. So buy it, or I'll hurt you. You said I had turned you gay 
I'm gonna beat you up in front of your friends. What? I wouldn't wear underwear. I would only wear depends. Well, that depends. That depends. That depends. I that depends. Used to love you. So we set each other free like birds. And it was strange how I ran into you today on the other side of the world. And you told me I turned you gay. I've got a superpower. I turned you gay. So I put you on the train. And I said that I hoped that we could remain friends. But you just frowned and looked down at my depends. You got on the train, you waved goodbye. I took my jar of earwax out of my bag and let it fly at your eye. I turned goodbye. 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 The basketball team is planning a party. A slumber party to bare their souls. All the girls are coming, except Mary and Linda. And they won't be missed. The party begins at 8 o'clock. It's a slumber party for old time's sake. Love it too. Do you think I'm getting better? <laughs> but be on the lookout for an uninvited guest. Please, please. When the pizza arrives, things really start jumping. Some people may have to leave early. But others will hang around and hang around. Eat the dead guy's pizza. I feel better already. Really, I do. But for those who stay, there'll be plenty of surprises. <laughs> and non-stop action. for sure no one's getting any sleep the night of the slumber party massacre close your eyes for a second and sleep forever okay so in honor of february being women in horror month we are kicking it off with the slumber party massacre well why well i'll tell you why because it was written by world famous feminist rita may brown and i had to stop for a minute you're probably like, what, you don't even know your, your topic's name? Yeah, yes, I do, but Bradford never gets the name right, and he always calls her Oda Mae Brown, which is Whoopi Colbert's character in Ghost. Damn, baby, what you do to your hair? Orlando, you like it? It's Autumn Sunrise. 
So I always confuse myself. Anyway, that's not the point right now. And you know what fun is a slumber party by yourself? Not so much, especially if you run out of lotion. That was gross. Why did I say such a thing? So I invited a very special guest, a very special lady, and it's terrible that I'm talking this dirty so quickly in the show when I have such a classy person here with me. She's been on the show before. She got a huge response for her cool music and cool stories about being dead on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the beautiful, the sultry, Miss Elena Acker. She's a I'm fantastic. You came back. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. It's really? always fun to chat really? with you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, wait, wait a minute. Did you bring someone with you? Just this some like, hulking figure over there in the. Oh my God! Standing there in the darkness. Could it be? Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is world famous novice religious, Mr. Robert R. Best. <laughs> sure you got the intro right so yes yeah, so elena meet robert robert they've never met in real life so it's like a i feel like a patty the matchmaker on <laughs> uh, i do she's a nice girl she's a good girl wow. i'm sure she is she's a little far far away though i wasn't talking about her i was talking about you robert ah <laughs> So, we're here today to talk about the Slumber Party Massacre. Yes, we are. Yes, yeah, so either of you have seen it before? No, yeah. I, I'm lucky that I had never seen it before. Okay. No, nope, I know you've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it before. And I, I had to. I've yeah. seen it. I had not seen it in a long time. I saw it when I was a teenager, when it was just a slasher movie. And then I found that, oh, it's got not only feminist ties, but extremely strong lesbian ties. Indeed. Since not only is Otome, it's not Otome, read me. <laughs> Otome, ladies and gentlemen, that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> she got an Oscar. It works. Yeah. Anyway, written by, Rita Mae Brown is also a huge uh, lesbian activist. And her first novel, Ruby Fruit Jungle, was like the first bit of like lesbian erotica to break the you know, New York Times bestseller list into the mainstream. So she's kind of a big deal. And I still don't understand how she got involved in this. I read somewhere that this was intended to be a spoof. I had read that too. Yeah. And I could see how that would work. That would make a lot more sense to me, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the producers got scared and went straight slasher. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we'll never know. Because, you know, I called Otome, but since that's under her name, she never asked, answered my calls. Because mm. I figured somebody must have a script of that later. Anyway, whatever. It's lost to the ages. Yes. Very sad. So we have what we have. However, there are still echoes of strong feminist things happening in the film. So uh, my special guest, do you want to you know, maybe take turns telling me what the plot is? All right. Sure. So I'll start out. Um, we open in a lovely lady's... Um, bedroom and um she's decided to grow up and be a true 18 year old by throwing away her stuffed animals yes she's also on the basketball team at school and um 
on the basketball team, there's also a hot new chick in town. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, very important aspect of of being on the basketball team is that when you're naked in the shower room, you comment on each other's breasts. Yes, I, you do. I don't know if men were were aware of that, but well, we do that all the time. We're do. always commenting on each other's breasts when we're in the shower. Yeah. I bet you are. Yeah, it's just normal, right? That you're like, oh, your tits are getting bigger. Yeah. Um, so let's see. And and so our our lovely protagonist, or one of, I guess it's more of an ensemble piece, really. Um, but she decides to have a, a slumber party, or she's already having a slumber party with her friends mm-hmm. yeah. at her house, and she wants to invite the new girl, and they're all like, no, the new girl is so lame, and the new girl overhears them and, like, runs away. Crying, yes. <laughs> yeah, when she gets invited. Teen yes. angst, yes. Can I interject something here? You can. Zip it up, though. Because this was the... That was gross. Thank you. This was the first... The first time I saw this, this was the scene that made me go, are there lesbian overtones here? Okay. Um, The girl holding the slumber party, Trish. Trish. Right. And Valerie is the new is the new girl. They stare at each other in the shower. For I got that. I caught yeah. this time too. Well, this time I like like I said, I saw it when I was a teenager, and this like washed over. And I think I saw it a few years ago and was just bored because it's not that great a movie. But um, <laughs> when I was because I was looking at it from the feminist point of view, looking at it from the lesbian point of view, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's all over. First of all, I have to applaud any movie that has booze before the opening credits. Or yeah, that. Yeah. Was pretty funny. I um I watched it with my boyfriend, and he was uh-huh. like, "Oh, I've seen like the title of this movie before." And I thought to myself, "There might be boobies." <laughs> and so like, oh, I don't like amazing. those. Let's like, not watch it. <laughs> before like even the opening credits, exactly. It, he was like, "Oh, there we go, Here boobies." Have boobies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so there was that, but that's not anything. That's typical exploitation crap. So that didn't surprise me. But then when I'm watching it, I'm like, basketball team. Yeah. Ladies mm-hmm. basketball team. Okay, could have been anything. We went with ladies basketball team. And I'm watching them, and I'm like, they're in really high coochie shorts. Oh, my God, those shorts are insane. And the knee socks. I'm going, this is kind of dykey, dyke, 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 too, yeah, but okay. It is, but, like, those shorts, I don't, like... They're ridiculous because they're like short booty shorts, but then they like go up to like grandpa pant line. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, it's I just can't. I'm like, how can something be so sexy and so unsexy at the well, exact? You're right. Time? It was amazing because it was a combination short and bra because it kind of came up high enough to give yeah. some lift to the they boobs. Keep things in in line, I guess. Which they yeah. weren't wearing anyway. So I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but then when they're showering, he was absolutely right. They they have that. That moment across the showers, uh-huh. where as a normalist, you know, person, person just watching it as a regular movie, like, okay, she's just like, oh, I really want to say hi to that girl, but I don't know her. I'm like, no, 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 that was a weighted look, and you're both nude. Yeah. yeah. Staring at his naked across the shower. And yes. in the locker room, when Tri- uh, Valerie overhears them talking about how she hates the other girl's Trish goes, I think we should invite her. And they're like, why? And she goes, she's so beautiful. Her voice <laughs> dropped an octave. <laughs> that happens twice in the movie. Later on at the party, she says the same thing about Diane. She was like, she's so pretty. And the voice dropped again. <laughs> so I'm wondering where in the film that they, they started switching out 
ideas that maybe let's not let's chicken out on what we're doing anyway so <laughs> so again the credits are barely over and we got boobs and lesbians everywhere right. so <laughs> yeah. and i forgot a really important aspect which is that like on the radio playing in the morning it's like oh the convicted serial killer escaped from prison which is you know important information yes yeah. everyone keeps changing the channel whenever it gets yeah that, they're like that this comes is up boring so- yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is it on the show? Never mind. I was going. I can't think of anybody from the early eighties. Isn't there a culture club on? That was stupid. Never mind. <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone. It's my show. Anyway, so where? Okay, where are we now? So we left the locker room. What happens now? You you want me to go? I'll go. Yeah, when go you were interjecting it. all over the place. They all. Well, they all. Oh wait. I was about to skip some something. It's around here we meet the two dorky guys. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Who are hanging around outside the school. I guess class is let out, but they're waiting for the girls to be done uh-huh. with um, their basketball b- balling. <sighs> and um, while there, they stumble upon this hot blonde electrician. Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, baby, you can electrify me any day. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think and I'm having problems with my phone. Yeah, it, interestingly, she's kind of like a vapid character, though, because they're like, you know, ever think about dating high school guys? And she's like, I never really thought about it. <laughs> she seems really like charmed by the the dorky. The high total guys. dorks. But the other thing was, again, watching this from the lesbian point of view, I'm like, you have a really smoking hot blonde in no makeup, in a tight fitting jumpsuit, and a tool belt. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. don't mean to be crude, but this is flicking the bean material. <laughs> so they she blows the moth and not you know no um and then goes to her van and surprise the killer's inside what and he drills her in the head although though the the makeup result looks more like she just kind of has a smudge on her head <laughs> well smudging is very dangerous Yes. Not to mention the fact that, like, I want to know where he plugged the drill in because in in oh. 1983 they didn't have drills that big that were battery powered. I'm pretty I don't sure. Know. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was solar powered. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's green. It is a feminist film. You know, they're very concerned yeah. with the environment. You know, keeping things You're organic. Right. You're right. That's yep. it. Organic drill. Totally. <laughs> And so now they go home. Not quite. No, one of the girls forgets something in her locker. And who's that oh girl? Oh, my God. Who's that girl? I don't remember her name. Oh, forget it. No, no. Hottie Pants. Can't, I can't remember the name. Okay, hold on. I have to stop the tape now because I would be remiss as a horror podcasting host to not – Debbie Rashawn. Oh. Debbie Rashawn is like queen of the D-movie horror films to this day. She's I great for getting naked and dying. That's what she does, and she does it really well. This was her first role. 
Because she didn't, oh, yeah, she, wow. I was going to say, she didn't even get naked this time. We were yeah. cheated. She showed her, her butt. Nakedness. No, she had her class tail. What she's famous for is her butt, and that's what the shower scene opened with. Oh, that was the one, yeah, where you're like, she's washing her ass. Yeah, like, she totally I had her hand. To she her, had like, a hand in the crack. She her totally ass. had yeah. a hand in the crack. You were absolutely right. I, mean, I guess <laughs> it's like you're you're glad that that. She does that, that she's like, you know, (laughs) thorough in her hygiene. But, but yeah, you are just like, oh, washing your butt. Mm -hmm." Uh Right. Okay. So I, I like that's not her famous butt thing. That's not her famous butt thing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, hand in the crack. (laughs) That's not her thing. Recognize her. Yeah, yeah, she don't have that. Yeah, she's well, she's so young in it, and she's not young anymore. But she still does what she does, and she looks good. But yeah. not the point right now. We're not. She, she gets killed, and actually, this is a fairly suspenseful scene. It yeah, is. It's one of the most suspenseful of the movie. I'd uh-huh. say. Damn you with your blood bleeding. Yeah, because she gets drilled in the arm. Yeah, he catches then, the arm, and she runs away because she is relatively badass. Um, but, but then her blood dripping gives her away mm-hmm. and the sound of the towel that she's using to gingerly <laughs> clean up the blood because she realizes that's true. <laughs> that's a loud towel. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good girl and her mama taught her to clean up. Yes, that's right. And wash her butt. <laughs> and wash her butt. Exactly. Mama taught her well. <laughs> and as she, as she died, she she thought, oh, what a waste. I had just cleaned my ass. Well, at least, well, I guess it's kind of like when your mother says, you know, wear clean underwear in case you get in a car accident. That's true. Yeah, maybe her dying thought was, at least I cleaned my ass so foreigners <laughs> won't be grossed out. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so where are we get? Where? Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so who, who wants to take up? The party's starting or whatever. So the party starts, and this is where the first, well, right before the party starts, we get the first in a string of like eight bajillion red herrings that just happen one after another, after another, after like. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. I'm not even looking at my nose because this. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hold on. Keep going. But um, so one of the girls is walking to the party, and you see like that this car is rolling up. behind her and you're like oh she's about to get killed diane and you see yeah it's diane diane and her sassy like red pants (laughs) (laughs) yes her like big red that's what we were calling him (laughs) (laughs) so so you think that the guy is sneaking up on her but it turns out to be like big red and she's like ah you scared the shit out of me and then they make out, and he's like, can I come to your slumber party? And she's like, no, my girlfriends want it to be just girls, but you're pretty hot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, this actually tipped me off on something, because she, when the guy sneaks up on her, she flips the son of a bitch. Oh, that's right. She does so that self-defense move and flips yeah. the son of the bitch. And that's something else I noticed in this movie, that the girls can fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not a big deal now, but for 1982... Nobody fought back back then. The women yeah. were always cowering and had to get saved. All these girls Instead can fight. Instead of like running away and having their bras ripped off, totally. They're like, yes. I've like we got, got our tits out in the first scene. These aren't coming out again. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, they only come out when we want them to come out. No, when I'm with my sisters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank when you. When Trish is with um, her sisters, <laughs> the breasts come out. Yeah, if I need to soap up my crack, then maybe my tits will come. But right now, my crack is clean. 
They, speaking of that, when um, because this is another when I went back and watched it, I was looking for any overtones I could find. Yes, yeah. and um, when Trish, I don't know if it's her boyfriend or not, drops her off at the house. They're on a bike. Um, she goodbye, and then we pan straight from that down to Valerie, the girl down the street, uh-huh. just kind of staring at her. Uh huh. You're right. That's before totally she walks up, yeah. And at the time when I watched it the first time, I'm thinking, oh, she's just saying, oh, she made fun of me, and I really want to go to the party with the rest of the team. But now I'm like, oh. she was looking at me naked. I have strange feelings. Yeah, I don't understand yeah, them. Yeah, totally. Yes. But also something that, that occurred to me here, like you have those two guys that we just, like the total geeks, and now you have this jock character. There are men in the movie, but every single guy in this is completely ineffective. Yeah. yeah. Except the killer. Right. Every Who guy still is virtually useless. Is kind of a weird dude. Because one of the well, one weird, of the yeah. odd things about the movie is we get to see his face throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it, it sort of makes you realize why people don't do that very often because you're he's just kind of like a regular dude dude. it's just like Mm. a dude i mean he's a little ethnic looking so i don't know i mean maybe that was like scarier back in 83 (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) there was more of a correlation but um and uh, yeah i mean he has like maybe a little bit of that sort of like javier bardem flair Okay. But but I mean, it's just most of the time you're just like, oh, there goes the dude. The dude. Like, he's just a dude walking around with a giant saw. Yeah. Yeah. Drilled, yeah. I I or drill. Yeah. I kind of liked that. I mean, not so much that you saw him the whole time, but I really appreciate these older movies where you don't have endless backstory. Literally, the guy just shows up. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no reason why he picked these girls. He just shows up while well, he liked her Barbie doll because that's how he picked it up at the beginning. Yeah. So he's already scouting that girl well, out, but why? And I mean, he says that he loves them and that they're very pretty, so. Yes. But I don't mean like endless, like we have, oh, we have his whole history. No. And like, yeah, oh, and that's to... my, that's my daughter and, you know, whatever. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Well, this is really, who does care? Just get to the massacre. We already had boobs. Get more, more boobs. More massacre. Anyway, I'm babbling. I'm babbling. I've had caffeine. Hmm. <laughs> mm. So um, we get to the party. Right, or we get to Trish's Oh, your your red herrings, your red herrings, your red herrings. Right. You started yeah. red herrings. Yes, this was my favorite. The gym teacher, who I really liked, or the coach, I mm-hmm. should say. She goes home to her house. She's another one who turns off the radio thing. Oh, And just yeah. as she gets to the door, her front door, a drill comes through it right at her eye. Ah! And she, oh, and the door flings open, and it's like this uber dyke. <laughs> You know, complete with the flannel shirt, and she's like, "Oh, hey, Pam, I was just putting in your people." And she's like, "Well, I'll come back to finish your bookshelves later." And there's no explanation for this woman is. Yeah, no, it's just Rachel. Rachel's got a big blue flannel on, and (laughs) I guess she's the handy woman, or her girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's it's her girlfriend who helps her on the house. Uh huh. Although technically, if they're lesbians, they should have like moved in after the second date. But that's not the point that's right true. now. But hey, maybe they haven't had the second date yet, and have yes. four cats. Yes. <laughs> well, there is a cat. That's another one of the red herrings. I hate yes. the cat. Um, I hate is, the cat red herrings in general. They so annoy me. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, like, I've never had a cat leap out at me from anything. Yeah, never. Yeah, that really doesn't happen. If your cat's stuck in the closet, it'll just like <gasps> sit there and be sad. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was symbolism. I, I picked up on that, yeah. They and got actually, a pussy in the closet. <laughs> the yeah. pussy came out of the closet. Yeah. Yes. Closeted pussy. Okay. Oh, and then her, her uh, Trish's parents are leaving, but they're like, "You're gonna be okay because we're leaving you with Mister Somebody, Mister." It's like it's like Conant or Connectant. It, like it's a really weird it's name. A really weird name. And this guy was like Content. I think his name is like Mister Content. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like the creepy neighbor dude. He's a creepy neighbor dude in this like flamboyant. You know, Hawaiian style blouse, because I'm sorry, that was a blouse. And I'm like, okay, here's the gay neighbor with the vegetable garden. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, he's the least, the old bachelor guy. Because Mr. Cotton's fine. He's not going to mess with the girls because he's Mr. Cotton. He's different. Yeah. Totally. He's different. (laughs) And so, doesn't like he shows up in her house because the door was open and he's worried that something's wrong and he scares the crap out of her. Yes. Um, and then promises not to tell about the weed the Maui, as long Maui. as he doesn't tell. Um, or as long as Trish doesn't tell her parents that he scared her half to death, which uh-huh. is an interesting bargain. That's a little bit, I I'm like, well, it's not that big a deal, Mr. Content, but whatever. <laughs> it's a little bit one Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just didn't want to seem like he was that. Like wax, yeah. yeah. Well, he's like, well, I'm gonna go back to my orgy next door. I know <laughs> my fist fucking orgy. <laughs> I don't tell realized. about that. <laughs> I just realized what he was in. Um, oh no, wait, it's the wrong house. Scratch it. It's Valerie that has a playgirl, not Trish. Yeah, Valerie's got the playgirl. You're way ahead of everything. <laughs> but. But since we're there, one of the things I love that Valerie, instead of going to the party, she's babysitting her younger sister, whose name I have here somewhere. Courtney. Oh, Courtney. Courtney. Courtney, who for some reason reminds me of like Aaron Moran from Happy Days, meets Christy McNichol. If they had a lesbian baby together, it would be Courtney, who, by the way, I think is a hell of a lot older than what she's playing. So a lot of the things that happen are really creepy. Yeah. And there's that point where she's laying on the bed and she's eating a lollipop and a banana. It was really weird. <laughs> it's so it was this weird. gigantic lollipop. The lollipop it was, it was, is like, so big. It's like one of the ones from the lollipop guild in the yeah, Wizard like of the Oz. Big swirly lollipops that you know are like the size of your hand. She's licking the lollipop and, and has yeah. a banana. I'm like, it's really weird. And again, she's wearing those coochie cutters too. Yeah. She's wearing the same coochie cutters. She's got a mullet. I'm like, this is really weird. Yeah. I don't know what's happening with Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um Anyway, so she's babysitting her sister Courtney, and for some reason, Valerie decides that appropriate attire for wearing, for babysitting her younger sister is a see-through diaphanous blouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, know, you got to be comfortable when you're I, home yeah. hanging I out. Suppose, I suppose I breathe <laughs> really nicely. I mean, I guess that's what she wanted to wear to the party. Yeah, maybe that's it. She's like, well. I'll just put on my party clothes anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Forever alone. <laughs> I just have some random notes here because basically after this, the girls come, everybody dies. Um, but, you know, we'll fill in stuff as it goes. I have a couple of notes that just cracked me up. 
when they get there and someone's like, let's have pizza when the party's starting. Someone mm. yells out, ooh, mushrooms and olives, please. <laughs> whoever yelled that out deserves to die right now. <laughs> you deserve, deserve to die right now. <laughs> yeah, that is – I mean, actually, I love mushrooms and olives on pizza, but like yeah. – a teenage girl, yeah, what a weird choice. And like, no, not on, pepperoni. And inflicting it on everyone else. Well, you know, they're probably all vegetarians because it's lesbians. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, probably. I don't know. I'm being awful now. I'm being awful now. I'm being hateful to my lesbo or sisters, and it's, I shouldn't do that. But, you know, it's fun <laughs> to find these things. I'm just finding anything. Um, later on the scene, I forget who's walking around. Oh, I guess it's Trish. She's walking around outside or something. I'm not sure what happens. And all of a sudden, you see a big meat cleaver. Yes. They're behind you. are like, oh, no, it's the killer. He switched weapons, but no, it's Mr. Content. He just yeah. came out to kill the snails in the garden. Like, yeah. You. And he's like, yeah, but- oh, I'm sorry, Trish. I hope I didn't scare you. Yeah, I hope I didn't scare you with this gigantic meat cleaver that I'm wearing. I know. It's she's dark. going to get, like, wood for the fire. That's what it was. And he just it was Diane. It was Diane. Yeah. That's right next to her. It's like, wh- who cleaves a snail. And why yeah, next know. to someone who doesn't know that you're standing there with a giant you, meat cleaver? Why did you like, sneak up on the snail? That? Was the snail going to run somewhere? They're not <laughs> going for their quick escapes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, wouldn't you first be like, oh, hi, um, oh, hi. there's a snail. Mind if I cleave it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, like, Mr. Content. He's like, oh, yeah, they devour my vegetable garden. Gay. Yep. <laughs> gay. You're gay. Because <laughs> there's no Mrs. Cotton that we have content. <laughs> She's definitely not there, no. <laughs> oh, what else? Oh, there was a scene where the girls were just standing around in the kitchen. Oh, when the guys have gotten to the party, the geeks are at the party. They tried to scare them. They put out the, they t- took out the fuses, haha, and they got beaten up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're putting hot dogs on their faces. Yes. Oh my God. That is amazing. She's like, I don't have any steaks. And then he's like, who puts hot dogs on their eyes? And she comes back with some kind of retort that's like... I don't remember either, but the other girls were standing around and they were talking about sports and the guys had nothing to interject. (laughs) I mean, and it's like relentless sports conversation throughout. These guys never have anything to say. I said, woman power, right on. Girls taking back the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and the moral of the story is everyone in this movie is going to grow up to be either gay or lesbian. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the... Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, you're it, right. Um, I have one other subtext thing please. that I wrote down. Um, Valerie and her sister are sitting on the bed after she comes up and catches her with uh, the playgirl. And they're talking, and the sister asks if there are boys at the party. Uh Valerie looks sad and says there's always boys when Trish and Diane are around. Uh And the first time I saw that, I was just like, oh, I wish I was at the party. But now it's kind of like she's sad that Trish is always with guys. Boys, yes. Yeah. Maybe. 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 I caught that too. I wrote that down too. Yeah. Um. So oh, the other moral of the story, Diane's boyfriend shows up, Boo Boo. <laughs> you stay here and talk to Boo Boo. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of got a kick out of the scene. She's talking to Bo- Diane's talking to Boo Boo on the phone. Yeah. And the other girls are eavesdropping. And the conversation was like, no, I really like doing that. I really like it now. I'm getting better at it, aren't I? And the other girl's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, poor Diane. Poor Red Pants can't give a blowjob. Poor Red yeah. Pants. Well, yeah. Di- well, Diane, well, Boo Boo shows up. He pulls the car in the garage, and him and Diane are getting it on. And he's like, hey, why don't we go back to my place? My parents are away. And she's like, no, I can't. Let's stay at the party. I'm like, you know what? Had you gone and fucked your boyfriend in his parents' bed, lived. you'd both be alive right now. It's true. Mm-hmm. So the moral is, go fuck your boyfriend somewhere else. Go fuck your boyfriend somewhere else. Uh-huh. Um, also, you know, they forgot to stomp on the uh, garage door. Damn you, Diane. I told it. you twice, yeah. Diane. This is all Diane's fault. Yeah. Stupid Diane with her boys. She deserved her, to die her for gag her nonchalance <laughs> and her stupid gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting thing about that is, so they get killed... And then the killer has the time to like set up a rope and pulley system with one of the bodies. So sure, but just her. But just her. <laughs> and when somebody finds her, she doesn't drop down. She kind of does this slow, like this really slow yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he set up. Yeah, me pulleys. Either. Everybody else wound up with the damn, you know, whatever that was, wood storage thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But. No, uh, he uh, he had always. It's weird when the killer in a movie kind of arranges, like Michael Myers does it too, and ha- Halloween. It's like he makes these little dioramas of corpses for the next person to find. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody has a budding artist inside. Don't judge him. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Everybody paints with different. Yeah, with different colors. With different paints was what I was going to say. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it is just, it, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, he must be, like, maybe he should have been an engineer instead maybe. of a serial killer. Because yeah. But I guess he got he tired of that because after Diane, he just threw them all in the, in the wood storage. Yeah, bin. he was like, yeah. well, no, but wait. That's because at least practical. Was it before or after that um, the pizza shows up and they're like, what's the damage? And you hear this voice go... Like six so far. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't catch that. The two other times I saw it, I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep, that was him. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the pizza guy. Because yeah. I was like, how did the pizza guy answer and then get his eyes drilled out so quickly? Because I guess I'm stupid. Nope. Six Which so means- far. And then I had to actually stop and count. I'm like, one, two, yeah, uh-huh, okay, yeah. Because then I was confused. It was only five because I, but I was forgetting Mr. Content. How can I forget Mr. Content? Without him, there's no content. Yes. That's right. I now have a kitty on the keyboard. Uh-oh. Which Uh-oh. means I'm officially podcasting now. Mm, my yeah. cat was yowling outside my door earlier. I was worried that you might hear him, but... No, that's okay. Oh, you know what? I was worried you were here. This is a total tangent, but it freaks me out. This is my freak out of the day. For Christmas, we got a package from Brad's sister, and it's been sitting here unopened. I mean, it's been unwrapped, but the box has been sitting here. I haven't seen what was in it. Oh, sh- thank you, kitty. Breaking my phone. <laughs> the cats love podcasting, and um, the so I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm just trying to clean up." And I was like, "What's in here?" What we put, and I open it up. It's a Travelocity gnome. What? Oh shit! Did you just turn this off, Kitty? 
No, I. Get, get, oh, you get, mean get, the recording? The recording. No, we're fine. He just turned okay. the recording on. So now this. Oh God, I love cats. But yeah, we got a travelocity gnome. And I'm going. What kind of person gives a travelocity gnome to another person? What kind of person <laughs> do you have to be to get a travelocity gnome? Have be walking around the store and say yes. That's the gift for you. So I'm taking it out. And I'm like, kitty, kitty. I'm trying to tell a story. God. He was standing on the keyboard now. Um, hello? Jizz. Okay, I thought I lost it. This is making the story really long now. But then I turned, I took it out of the box and realized it had a battery compartment. What? Oh, no. It's a talking Travelocity gnome. <laughs> Oh, it's, no. it's, it's motion activated. Why? Yes. I'm like, could this get any creepier now? So it's been sitting on the uh, nightstand outside <laughs> of the bed. I'll get that for him when it? he comes home. But the thing is, it doesn't. It's not just motion activated. Like every five minutes, it'll just say something. I'm like, okay, this has got to go. I see London. I see France. Oh dear. I see someone's underpants. This has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh I'm God. sorry, Leslie. I love you. Fuck you, fucking Travelocity Gnome. <laughs> it says creepy things like, come over here and shake hands with me. I'm like, uh, no. It's like, why couldn't you have gotten me like a Cuisinart or, or anything, something like cool. remotely useful <laughs> and not duh. terrifying? <laughs> duh, duh, does it talk in the voice from the commercials? Yeah, it's an official Travelocity Gnome. Wow. Hey, speaking of the traveling gnome yes. kind of thing, did that start with Akamali? Yeah. That, that, that was the first time I saw it. With what? Amelie, the, the French film. Oh, Amelie, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't understand what he said. He broke out for a minute. No. I just thought you were having some kind of seizure. I I was. Um, let's see, what other notes do I have here? Um, better. Yeah, yeah, that whole scene with the pizza is really weird. Oh my it's god. Funny. My favorite scene in the movie is when she eats the pizza. The pizza. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. It's hilarious. She's like, I feel so much better when she's like eating it. The other poor girl, she's like touching the body. She's like, oh, he's so it's so cold. And she's like, what the pizza? (laughs) (laughs) Only concerned about the pizza. Cold pizza. And I can see him like this is this is from when it was a spoof. Yeah. Yeah. This is some holdover when it was a spoof. Because out of context, I mean, without that, it's just really weird. It's a great scene, but it's just really weird. It's so funny to me, though. I was laughing my face off. (laughs) Maybe I saw, like, a little bit of myself in that. That I'm like, I might kind of be really hungry at that point, too. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know if I would want to eat next to, tons of dead bodies, but. Yeah, but, Uh no, girls got to eat. You got to listen to your body. Your body knows best. (laughs) The pizza was in a box. It didn't get blood on it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, there's also the fact that she's like, I mean, she like puts the pizza box on the dead body. Oh, she <laughs> she it up she and starts eating the pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, gosh. The thing is, like, after this whole part where the where the pizza guy comes in and they know they're in danger. It kind of falls apart for me because all of a sudden they're trapped in the house and I'm just like, get out of the house. Yeah. You're in suburbia. Hang out the windows and scream. Or like the dudes like, um, are like, we should split up. And it's like, no, stay together. If you stay together in a corner with all your knives, Uh you're going to defeat Mr. Drilly Pants. You're going to get him because maybe not because they were completely useless because they're men. 
Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> if, if all of them had just stayed together in a corner, they would have eventually. If they had all gone and fucked their boyfriends somewhere else. Yeah. Then none of them would have had this problem. Right, right. Jeez. If they just canceled the party and what's her name and what's her name gone off, you know, I don't know, antiquing somewhere. Yeah. It would have been great. Um, yeah, but again, the guys go out to play the hero. We're going to get to hero. We're splitting up so that he can't catch us. And he does get both of them. Yeah. Like, how did you pull that shit off? And it's also ridiculous. You how next Valerie- door, for God's sake. <laughs> but it's also ridiculous how Valerie goes over to the house and, like, knocks on the door. And then they're like, it might be the killer. Should we answer it? Should we not? I don't know. And then she goes away. She comes back, like, a second in time and it still doesn't like work out and you're just like really yeah, but in between the killer showed up at the door killed the girl that was eating the pizza and left again still she's like <laughs> yeah it's like, one of those movies where people sometimes hear things and sometimes don't hear things yeah no but it's still funny and of course I, at this point at some point i started realizing that cu- the curtains in this house are the scariest thing in it they were ugly curtains and, <laughs> and i realized i'm gay and this got boring it was like where's courtney where's trish where's courtney's where's trish where's courtney shut up Oh, because oh, Courtney the- snuck out. Yeah, Car- Courtney snuck out. She sneaks into the house. And then, like, Drilly Man is there. So she hides under the couch. Um, and then the coach, the basketball coach, comes over. And I'm like, Courtney, you got to warn the basketball coach that, like, there's oh. a scary killer. Because he moves the pizza guy and hides under the pizza guy. Yes, yes. He hides. I always like that, and he's got this kind of bemused look on his face. Uh He's like, like, I am so slick. Yeah, it's like, this is going to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, but she helped. She finally reached out and grabbed him. She did, but I was just sort of like, you could have saved the coach. She was a nice lady. She was a nice lady. She was a nice lady, and she supported Speedos. And and Courtney could have grabbed the drill too. When There's he- a lot of that. There's always a lot. Put your dick away, Bradford. Seriously, He's waving his penis around at me while I'm podcasting. <laughs> this is the kind of things I have to work with every single day. <laughs> this is my life, kids. Uh, Courtney actually had one of my favorite lines, and as I wrote, it's much earlier. She was looking out at the other house, and Valerie's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "I don't know what's going on over there. It's dark now, but I heard screaming before." <laughs> and then and then she goes and she goes well it's quiet now and Courtney goes do you think they're doing something funky over there <laughs> yes they are they are getting down and getting funky yep. they screamed and they turned off the they're light banging and the lights yes they're doing something funky mm-hmm. um, Courtney's kind of she's kind of she's, she's creepy comic relief but she's comic relief uh, girls fighting Oh, yeah, Girls Fighting Novel for... Nobody here screaming. Oh, yeah. And then we're getting into the final chase thing. There's the two girls left, the blonde girl and and Trish. They're in Trish's bedroom. They barricaded themselves in. And they think they're safe. But meanwhile, the guy has snuck in the window and is coming up behind him. And he tiptoes up. Yeah. Tippy pause, tippy, tippy pause. He's like a ninja. And he kills the poor blonde girl. But again, they fought like hell. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And also... This was quick. I had to rewind to catch this because they, they for a split second, they had a close-up of a book that was on Trisha's nightstand. It was uh-huh. Ruby Fruit Jungle. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So she was reading Lesbian Erotica. <laughs> so it's true. right there. Yeah. It's right there. Uh, but yeah, they fight like hell. The poor blonde girl gets killed. But then Trish runs for it. 
And instead of running out of the house, she goes and hides in a closet. I'm going, if he's behind you and you know he's behind you, get out the damn house, lesbian. She saw the book. It reminded her of the conflicting feelings she's having. No problem. She remembered she she had the book and she said, my parents come come home and find that book. (laughs) But then she went and hid in the closet. See, you get it? But she hid it in the hid in the dress bag, and I thought that was pretty clever. That uh, was yeah, extremely that was clever. Tough. It was clever enough to outsmart um, the drill man. Drilly man. <laughs> yes. Drilly McDrillenstein over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, I did, I did and I do. Okay, so. Yeah. No see the pool right there's that pool at trisha's house mm-hmm. and i'm like that's gonna end up full of blood one of these times mm-hmm. yeah and sure enough you're totally right and i did appreciate the three girl gang up finale yeah that was pretty yeah. cool that's pretty cool i'm like oh, no no final girl it's final girls i thought that was great and that was also funny when poor valerie was in the basement and she's trying to find a weapon oh, yeah. and she gets the circular saw and she's like ah! and she runs up the stairs with it Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and and runs out okay, and thank goes, you that it has to be plugged in. Like at least. <laughs> yes. That was so funny. <laughs> but the drill never does unless that never dies. Each time he enters a room, he plug he plugs it there in. There you somewhere. go. He's thoughtful that. And way. they just yeah. didn't show us that because yeah. like, well, that's boring and obvious. Yes. Right. Yes. Technical. That's technical boring things. Nobody cares about. You know, electricity. The other thing I thought was funny, well, darkly funny, was when Courtney kept opening the fridge to get a beer. Yeah. And the dead Kim is in there. Oh, just, and the dead girl keeps like falling. Half, half sliding out, half sliding yeah. out. But it was the sound effect that was making me laugh at that, you know, that squeak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that wet, that wet on whatever, that whatever, that wet on metals that weren't. It was just <laughs> that poor girl. That poor girl. Yep. Oh my goodness. Oh, the other thing I thought was great. Valerie gives Courtney a makeover, and now she looks like a twelve-year-old hooker. <laughs> I think it was amazing. She does her hair, but she does, she's like, I can frizz it out like Brooke Shields. Yep. But instead, yep. she puts in four hundred and fifty butterfly clips. Did you catch that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was four hundred and fifty butterfly clips in a small <laughs> lesbian's hair. <laughs> but at the end, it's it's a great end, and. You know, um, that's- interesting thing that you said like the small lesbian because there is a moment where valerie says something like you know oh ever since the fifth grade like you've had boys like beating off yeah when you were 11 yeah and courtney gets really upset about it like she's like yeah. i can't believe you said that and she like runs away and hides because she's mad and valerie's like i made it up and courtney says no you didn't yeah. <laughs> which means it happened but obviously, she's she's not into the the boys who chase her. So I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. Of course, the end is filled with a lot of "don't drop the knife" business. Like, stop yeah. dropping knives, stop dropping weapons, stop doing that. Yeah. And but of course, the end is what most people catch up on catch on with the whole feminist thing because the guy is using a gigantic drill, mm-hmm. and you really can't get more phallic. No, and a lot of times when he's menacing some girl, the girl's lying on the floor, and there's a shot through his legs. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the drill hanging down like a big spinning weenie. 
That's a ride. Add um, add um something. I don't know. You must I, this I, call to ride the big swing. Big spin. I lost it, but yeah. You did Come so kids, it. ride the big spinning weenie. Then Chris, and then Chris Hansen show shows up, and it's all over. I see. I see. And of course, in this big pool scene, what does Valerie do with her machete? Cuts off the tip cuts of his off leg. Cuts off the wiener. No, yes. really. she cuts off the big fin <laughs> yeah. And then he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he just kind of stares at it. Like, he's like, that's the only weapon I know how to use. That's why yes. I've been dragging it around and that's plugging my favorite, it in because it's, Yeah, because it fits in my pocket, because it's yeah. really convenient to carry this thing. Very <laughs> well, subtle. Nobody notices he, it. He does still have half a drill. I don't understand why he doesn't just get But it's closer. a small drill now. Yeah. He just it doesn't stares, stares at it. it. <laughs> Yeah. No, I know. I know. All women say size doesn't matter. We all know that's a lie. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a comfort. Everybody, he knows it. Everybody knows it. But that scene where he was one of those few times he gets to talk. When I guess he's talking to Trish. Valerie yeah, was. yeah. He's like, and he was like, "You know, you want it. You're gonna love it." That. I'm like, "That is so gross." Yeah. That and is he's so. Like, You're very pretty. Gross. I love you. It takes a lot of love to do this. That part didn't bother me as much. I don't know. That was like the rapey rape part. Like, mm. But then you know you want it. You're going to love it thing. was like, that is nasty. You're a nasty yeah. bug-eyed creepy man yeah. with no backstory. Yeah. Which is mostly fine. But he had some bug eyes. The other yeah. thing I don't like about the movie is that it literally just ends. Yeah, and also you can tell yeah. they were like, well, there's no hope for a sequel here. Oh, but there was. There was <laughs> a like sequel? like 95 sequels, yes. <laughs> oh, but with just other killers, I guess. All right, because yeah, I mean... The sequel, was... Okay, the sequel actually had the girl, I can't remember her name, but she's we used to be on Wings, the redhead from Wings. She's in it, and the I, it's really odd. It's a mixture of Nightmare on Elm Street and a slasher movie because this guy, she keeps dreaming about a guy, like this guitar bebop guy whose guitar is also a giant drill. And then somebody shows up with a guitar. That's a drill. And he'll sing a song in the guitar and then drill you with it. It's a really <laughs> fucked up he movie. Sings a song? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. There's I need to oh, see my that. God. Like I have to see this. Movie. It's it's really fucked up. It can't be fun. Um, but no, I, also, this was kind of an early 80s thing. A lot of early 80s movies do this. They didn't feel the need for denouement. Mm-hmm. The yeah. story's done. It's done. Everybody's broken. We're all crying. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, the credits roll. You do expect, like, a little something. I don't know, like, her parents to come back from vacation or something. I don't know. Like, Trish! Trish, we told you, you not no to have voice. a party! <laughs> There's a dead boy <laughs> on the We're gonna have to clean up all this blood. Actually, both the scenes where the boys were killed, even though they were lame, I thought they were pretty effective, just with the ones banging on the door. Yeah, yeah, that hurt. was a little sad. And and uh, Valerie's watching the horror movie, and yeah. he's like screaming and knocking. They're both banging the, the movie. Yeah, yeah, that poor kid, that other poor kid, is just at the door, like, please open the door. And that guy's taking his time too. He's like, dum, dum, I'm going to make my drill in somewhere. Okay, found an outlet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's going to the side of the house to find the. The big outdoor outlet and mm-hmm. stringing the extension cord, cord, cord behind him just saunters back over. 
And so it's okay. Now I'm ready to kill you. Okay. So that was a slumber party massacre. I think I had more fun talking about it than I did watching it. I've seen it like three times now, so I'm actually starting to kind of like it. Uh, it's not without its lack of charms. I mean, I mean, it's got some yes. rough charm to it. Like those these yeah. really weird scenes really make me want to see the movie. It could have been. Yeah. yeah. And there's moments of snappy dialogue that you could tell somebody else wrote it. Somebody who could really write wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole p- the phone scene is very funny. Yeah. And there's some other lines in there that you don't normally get out of these stupid characters, but I can't. I didn't write any of them down. Mm-hmm. Some funky going on over there. Oh, she, <laughs> had, she had another great line. Tori had another li- great line early on. She was like, "So it looks like there's some big doings going on next door." <laughs> <laughs> some big. Oh, well, big, big doings. Big Robert, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's I do. Joke. There's um. <laughs> There's a movie called Prince of Darkness, a uh, John Carpenter movie, and this uh, podcast, another horror podcast called Drunken Zombie, they covered it once, and they loved that this big black character came in at one point. He's like, hey, boss, there's big doings going on in the basement. And this character <laughs> apparently doesn't have a name at any point. Nobody calls him a name, so they have dubbed him Big Doings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's his Oh, I that's think, what they say. That's what I, they call, I want that's that what to they, be like. What is next to his name when the credits roll? That yeah, would. Well, make I mean, me. that would be his name. That would be great. But just, no. so, that's been a running joke. He'll he'll he gets referenced a lot. You know, all of a sudden, some big doings guy comes in, and just makes him announce his <laughs> name. Yeah. So she was the big doings. She, she was funky big doings. Funky big doings. Who doesn't like some funky big doings? Especially on on the spinny big weenie ride, wherever it was. Yes. Yeah, with the whole women's basketball team. With the whole team, the whole team. They're going to do terrible at nationals. I know. Oh, oh my god. All right. They don't have a now, coach anymore. Oh, all now, their best players now, are dead. I mean, they still have Valerie. She was quite good. Yes, and Trish. And Trish. Yep. Nice layup, Valerie. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! <laughs> I mean, you really—you didn't invite her because she beat you at gym. It wasn't even practice; it was gym class. So, oh any of this stuff. Anyway, yeah, Diane's kind of saucy, but she's kind of a bitch. Like, she—they're like, Diane, did you lock the garage door? And she's like, I don't remember. Uh huh. And, and then she's like, not- Diane, don't drag the log across the carpet when you bring it in. What the first thing she did? She gets and she goes, boom, right the carpet. Yeah, she obviously doesn't. Like, yeah, she's not like, oh, sorry, I'll go check whether I locked it or not. She's just like, I remember. <laughs> I just want to practice my blowjob skills. That's all I care yes. about. <laughs> practice makes perfect. Oh, <laughs> well, Boo Boo will never know. Nope. I wonder, or... if it says that. I wonder if it says that in the credits next to him, Boo Boo. I oh, it should. It should. It should. I would want to put that on my resume. Uh, uh, okay, so, um, all right, let's steal this game from the 42nd Street Drive-In podcast. Uh, high point, low point. Robert, our best. High point. Probably the chase in the school with Debbie Roshan. Yeah. That's like the moment. I mean, that's like a classic slasher scene. If you mm-hmm. if if you just isolated that and show that someone is a scene mm-hmm. from the this mo- movie, they'd probably get get the impression that it's a lot better than it actually is. Yes. Now, low point. How to think about that? Because even the 
cheesy weird stuff I still enjoyed. Okay. Oh, okay, um, uh, I don't know. Let's say Diane and Boo Boo Boo. They're all who's Boo Boo. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> his his brother. Okay, boo boo boo. <laughs> boo boo boo. <laughs> Just that whole subplot I didn't care at all about. Okay. Okay, so. fair enough. All right, Elena, same question. High point, low point. All right. Um the high point is a tie for me. Between the butt watching sh- washing <laughs> shot, because that was just fantastic. I don't know how many other movies are out there where you get to see someone actually like washing their butt, and oh, then like, knuckle deep too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe she was looking for something up there. Oh, no, gross! <laughs> I didn't get that sore's healed. Um, so that is a tie with the pizza eating over the dead body that just cracked uh-huh. me up it just it just killed me i just thought it was super funny and like really out of place but somehow I, it just made it funnier that it was just so out of place and yeah. weird i just like i i really enjoyed that moment okay. quite a lot um and then the low point i would just have to say is i mean so there are all these red herrings and like some of them there are like deaths in between them but yeah. there's a really long string of them in between it's like after the girl gets killed at school yeah until the next death yeah they just keep going and going and going and after a while i was just like okay like i don't now i'm now i'm desensitized like i wasn't faked out and i don't really think it's funny and i'm just like you know like this game that you're playing where you're like trying to fake me out a hundred times is like ceased to work. So I was just sort of like, let's get to some killing. Um, okay. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, so that Elena wants some blood. Well, I mean, if we're watching a slasher movie, that's the whole point. You are correct. That's, that's what I expect. You are correct. Yeah. Why did I write girls cookie cutters? What does that mean? Oh, coochie cutters. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> If they're wearing cookie cutters, that would be a whole different thing. Yeah, it was yeah, like, my, I don't think they made any cookies. Yeah, my little point is just, there's that point that I said, like, where it starts to strain credibility, and it really hit his low point when Valerie and Courtney got over to the house, and it was just like, who's at what door? Oh, no, where's Courtney? Oh, wait, no, it's just Tristan. It was a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. and I was getting tired. I'm just like, And, like, nothing's up. happening. You're just like, okay. Is someone going to die? Are you going to get in the house? Yeah but, yeah, but yeah, exactly. And it was like, you need to get in the house now. Just get in the house. Just get in the house. And how come you just wander through the living room where two people just died and there's no blood? <laughs> yeah. That's that. true. But of course, that slasher movie staple. Um, You're right. Where were the bodies? I guess he drugged them out to that trunk or whatever it was he was using. Yeah, well, he threw the pizza guy down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Who actually disappeared, now that I think of it. He threw the pizza guy down the stairs while Valerie was oh. down there. And she's like, and she like sees it fall from the other side of the stairs and she's like, ew. Yeah, and it stopped oh. at, that, at that turn in the stairs, which is exactly where she fell when she had the, the drill, the, the saw. Right. And everyone, yes. okay, continuity error, but you know what? It's okay because it was totally worth it for that stunt. Yes, that was. <laughs> That's my favorite point. Yeah, when, that is my favorite part because that is exactly what like, I would do. With the circular she was saw, and so then. committed. 
<laughs> she was so committed yeah. to saving the day, and that's exactly what I would have done, except I would have chopped off my own you know, face <laughs> in the process. That's another one of those moments left over from the spoofiness. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty funny. Okay, so I think that wraps it up. So, Elaine Acker, what's going on with you? Are you in any shows? Doing anything? Are we going to see you on TV again? Um, Nothing of that sort coming up right now, but um, I am pleased to announce that Mother <gasps> Eve's Secret Garden of Sensual Sisterhood won the New Jersey Playwrights Competition. Yay, congratulations. Ooh. Thank congratulations. you. So it's, it's a big deal for our writers and our um, – our lyricist and book writer and um, and music writer, Everybody. and yeah. also a big deal for the rest of us because you know we created our characters before Absolutely. the story was filled in, um, and so there's going to be a production in New Jersey in June. Um, it's it's a ways out to get to. It's in like Wayne, New Jersey, but they have a big budget, um, nice. and. Uh, um, They've had some other productions go on to off-Broadway or regional theater, and that would be really great for us. That's um, amazing. We'll see, because uh, it's a different production. Um, I may have the opportunity to be in it. I may not. Um, I hope that I will. But either way, it's another production of the show, and it's a show that um, has been a labor of love for almost three years at this point. So, yeah. um you know, every everything that happens with it is an exciting step forward. Yay. And uh, wow. we'll keep it posted on that because I have a lot of listeners in that area. And who knows? They've heard a lot about that show. They've heard a lot of the music. And they all love that pussy song. It's so, a great song. Yeah. Who doesn't love the pussy song? Yeah. Did and you know, Robert, our best, that when, when they were promoting the show over the summer, that uh, uh, Elena here dressed up like a giant vagina and went out in the park and gave out sex advice? No, I did not know she that. She did. That in a vagina is. costume. Awesome. Yep, I was I was giving people sex quizzes um, on camera while wearing a giant vagina costume. So, I mean, no one can ever say that I'm not committed to my to my art because I ran around in a giant vagina costume, which I still yep. have in oh, case God. anyone needs like a vagina singing telegram or something. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that story, when you first told me about it, was that she said, I said, so did you have a hard time finding the costume? She's like, actually, I was frightened by the incredible selections, Uh, the vast (laughs) numbers of styles of vaginas that I could wear out in public. Yeah, there is a large number. How do you choose? Other accoutrement. You know, you could get like vagina-shaped pillows and necklaces and like, yeah. You could have all kinds of things. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I thought there would only be like one option, but <laughs> no. Just like vaginas in real life, there there's something. Come in all shapes and sizes and textures. Yep. Okay, and Robert, our best. Where can we find you? And what are you? Where can we uh, check out your books? Um, you can go to robertrbest.com. I've got links to everything. Uh, my current thing that I've done is my zombie trilogy, the me- Memorial tr- Trilogy. Essentially, it is um, three books of a young single mom and her two kids f- fighting their way through the zombie apocalypse. So if you like zombies and strong f- female leads, check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now, before you guys go. I have to bring an educational portion to the show just because I feel the need to. I've been missing it in the past. So I'm instituting like a little mini quiz 
to my guests. Who? Yes. And, okay, so I read this article in one of the uh, fag rags I picked up in the, you know, the bars about what telling goes on, what's going on in gay life. And they had this whole article about new gay slang terms that you probably don't know. Oh, so my I'm goodness. Gonna, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you each one, and you tell me what you think it is. And then I'll tell you what it is. You're probably not getting it. If you do, I'll be really impressed and horrified, but that, that's part <laughs> of the fun. But I'm going to educate you and our listeners about these important things in our life. Okay, so, Elena Acker. Yes, sir. Do you know what bagpiping is? Um, no, can you give me, like, multiple choice You options. know what? I was just going to do that. Okay, I was just going to do that. Okay. Bagpiping. Fetish for people wearing Scottish attire. Fucking someone's armpit. Or cock and ball torture. I'm going to go with fucking someone's armpit. And that is correct. Bagpiping is fucking someone's armpit. A, I have never heard this term. I have, and B, I have never heard of anyone doing this. Because I just read that and went, why? <laughs> why would you do such a thing? I don't know. When there are so many other things that you could fuck. There are so many other, yeah. many, many other things. Many other things. This is kind of hard now because I'm. Uh, mm. Okay, so all right, where is it? 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 Just a second, but okay. Now, Robert, I'm not going to give you multiple choice since you're a writer. I just want to hear what you come up with. Okay. From your vast imagination. If someone says that they're into figging, what does that mean? F i g g i n g figging. Um. Well, they go out and they buy a bunch of fig newfins, and they they shove them up their butt, and their partner has to attempt to fuck them out of them. Faking. Faking. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, it's not. But... Faking. Now hold on to your hats because this is a mouthful, and that is what she said. Faking. Sticking a butt plug made of carved raw ginger into your anus. Originally from a practice used to make horses appear more sprightly and carry their tails higher. Carved raw ginger? In your butt. Wow, I thought it would involve figs for sure. Yeah, but I, I would think that, but apparently that is what it is called in the horse terms. Because that oh. is a thing that you do with show horses. You know, like Mitt Romney has. Oh yeah, my God! Rit, Mitt, Mitt Romney puts carved raw ginger into horses' butts. Mitt Romney's a that. figure. He's a figure, and he could have been our president. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, I hope we've all learned something here today. Definitely valuable information. Uh huh. So we so, so tomorrow, three times, Elena, you tell someone to go bagpipe themselves. I will. That and would be only a contortionist could do that. <laughs> hey, I watch Dance Moms. I see what these girls can do. Anyway, that was weird. Because <laughs> they're 12. <laughs> now and and now, Robert, Robert yeah. you, you update your status to just... Robert, our past is figging. <laughs> now, I'm actually attempting to see, because I'm sitting cross-legged as it is, how close I can get my armpit to my, my crotch. <laughs> 
and you do yoga because I feel like no. that would help. Yeah, no, it's not not close enough. Oh well. Then Someday. I guess you can't so. go bagpipe yourself. <laughs> but still, we'll get comfortable. Be like, what? What? <laughs> anyway, thank you both for joining me. It has been delightful. It's been a wonderful way to kick off Women in Horror Month. Let's thank you for having me again. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me again. You guys were electric together. You should all like get together and I don't know. Fig. I don't know. <laughs> Fig and bagpipe. Yeah. <laughs> Smelly. I can't really remember. Smelly something. But anyway, I started watching it on Netflix, and it, I, it looks like they have about a thousand or so episodes. And probably got like 20 um, so far. But the really, I mean, it's really kind of interesting to, you know, the whole kind of how they, you know, they did like a soap opera, like a gothic soap mm-hmm. opera well, like soap in the opera. mid-60s. And, and now it's uh, really kind of starting getting into it. And Netflix, I think they just start with uh, the Barnabas Collins, his yeah, entrance, well, and they don't have anything before that. But um, so far, I'm getting into it, and it's starting to kind of really get into where he's coming out as a vampire, and, you know, you're starting to see the things that he does, and it's really kind of interesting so far. I don't know how I'm going to watch all these episodes, because I have a lot to catch up on Buffy and Dr. Hugh and all this <gasps> Dr. Who, not Dr. Yes. Hugh, all this other stuff. Dr. But. Hugh. <laughs> That's it for that. Um, I really appreciated his um, review because it was really, really well done, and it really got me interested in watching it. Mm-hmm. Another Top thing on best. New Year's Evil, I watched that the other day on New Year's Day, and uh-huh. it was a interesting movie. Uh-huh. Um, kind of interesting for the fact of like the showcase of the '80s kind of stuff. It was like uh, the lead character was some kind of a. Um, 
Oh, Spit it out. What was that guy had a stroke? I can't remember his name. The Clark. Um, just like I like the Clark for the, like, the new wave rock band stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that kind of the take on that was interesting, but I could never understand how they made the countdown shit work. I was just kind of thinking, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? How does that work? And, I, I and stuff. And, um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I'm now starting to watch this movie called uh, Earthquake, which uh, I guess Earthquake? Kim Devin, the guy who who was the main uh, bad guy in the movie, he oh was, in this, was in this wow. movie Earthquake as well. That's right. Uh, but um, I basically the, the the lady was a bitch, and I guess she kind of basically deserves it. Well, wow. You know, I don't want to okay. give too much of, of, too of late. the movie, but. Um, <laughs> That was basically it, and uh, thank you. Love the show, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. And I love you too, Joe. Oh, Joe, poor sweet little Joe. I felt so bad, y'all, just because you gotta understand. Seventy-four. I had literally just finished uploading the episode to the internet, and I saw bling. You have a voicemail from Joe from Cincy, and I'm like, oh man, do I? No, 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 no. It was already getting down to the wire. With the deadline and everything, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to have to let it slide, even though I'm going on hiatus. And then Joey messaged me, and he's like, hey, did you get my voicemail? And I'm like, did I make it in time? No. And by the way, I'm going on hiatus for a month, but I'll get to it. And I got to it. And thank you so much for calling. Toppy was the best. Toppy came in when I needed a friend and needed some help, and he did a wonderful, wonderful job, and I am still eternally grateful. Oh, my God, you're watching Earthquake. Oh, my God. I have not seen that since I was a kid. And for some reason, all I remember, oh my gosh, this is the older woman star that's in it. I forget who it is. I just remember the earthquake happening, and they had those old plastic cases with the fake eyelashes in it, and I just remember them rattling because I'm gay. Even as a child, I noticed the fake eyelashes because that's, I don't know. It's just genetic. Anyway, Joe, thank you for calling. Thank you for your patience, and thank you for being you. Like you got to be somebody else, but you're really good at being you. You're really good at it, really Really, I'm going to stop now. Hey, Patrick, this is Stacy. Hey, Stacy. I haven't called in a while, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you were losing sleep over my lack of call. Um, oh, shut up. Yeah, I've had some family shit going on, as I'm sure you can relate to. And uh, oh, yeah. I've been a little, well, a lot depressed lately. Well, so I thought off. I would call in and share the misery, because I'm giving like that. I hope your ribs are feeling better. Uh, I know how much that can suck. I actually cracked a rib once having an asthma attack. It's continuing That is the weirdest, most powdery, splintery pain. I've never had pain anywhere on the body that equals it. Um, Loved your haunted house reviews. I really fucking wish you could do those all year round because I seriously look forward to it all year round. Um, I'm going to be covering like sort of a gamut of episodes. I'm trying to do this fast so I don't get cut off because I don't remember if it's three minutes or five minutes that's cut off. Anyway, first of all, um, Brian from Drunken Zombies was fucking wrong because uh, Love First Bite is fucking epic. I love George Hamilton. I love was it Susan St. James who played the love interest. No. Uh, I think my favorite line in that is Renee's a fabulous photographer, but he's still a bitch. And, uh, yeah, that's just a hilarious movie. And adding to it to make it even funnier is I got a Halloween CD years uh-huh. and years and years ago. It's one of those ones that's the pointless sound effects. And they had lifted several lines and re-recorded it. And they, they did the Children of the Night shut up. 
And then the, there are people from the government. How can you tell they're from the government? They're wearing shoes. And it was just bizarre to hear that. And they had recorded it in such a way that it drained any humor out of all of the lines. Uh, anyway, let's see. i got to fucking hurry because I'm going to get cut off. Uh, you got a minute. minute I have a 15. point to make. Oh, burnt offerings. Sins and I recorded that on Creepy Kitch, and we fucking loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and part of it is because... Um, Oliver Reed was hot, man. He's been the creepy kitsch, like, horror crush countless times. Me, Sins, uh, Lauren from Death Rattle, everybody I know, well, anybody I know who has working reproductive organs, finds something hot about him. And I think it's just that sometimes in life, you need a thug. Sometimes you want some grumpy bear of a man who will throw you over the table and fuck you whether you feel like getting fucked or not. Well, and it's funny okay, because he okay, scared me Steve. as a child too, because I saw him in Oliver, and then he strangled poor Nancy to death. He sure does, and that always scared the ever living shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I had other stuff to talk about, but I think I'm out of time, and hopefully I haven't been cut off yet. And if no. so, shit. If not, love you, Patrick. Love your show. Bye. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's just a sadistic streak that I've developed over time, but I. Always get a kick out of hearing the panic in people's voices, the fear of being buzzed. It's not a big deal, but for some reason, it's a big deal. And as long as it's a big deal, I'm enjoying your suffering. Because, you know, hey, suffering? Suffering is for sharing. As is suffering, whatever that is. Uh, I'm sorry you're having a rough patch. Rough patches suck. Uh, You know, I'm glad you called the right person to commiserate with. And girl, that wasn't Brian from Drunken Zombie who did not like Love at First Bite. That was J.M. at formerly of the Obscure 80s podcast. Now he does some wrestling thing, the name of which I don't remember. J.M. at Hot Naked Wrestling Podcast is what I'm calling it now. Um, Brian probably would have hated it anyway because Brian's a doofus. Yeah, you heard me. Doofus. He knows he's a doofus. Look at him. God, and uh, yeah, Oliver Reed was was weird hot in that movie. Really weird, creepy hot. I have no problem admitting that. Well, I did admit it repeatedly, and I mean it, admitted it again just now. So thank you for sharing your really graphic fantasies. You make me blush, which is weird because I don't normally do that. Anyway, for those of you who are interested, Stacy is the host, one of the hosts of the Creepy Kitch podcast, which I enjoy the hell out of. So you should check that out and. She mentioned Lauren. Lauren is a listener. She calls in a lot on the show here. And she hosts a new podcast called Death Rattle, which I have not had a chance to listen to yet. But the reports that I'm hearing from all y'all out there in the field is that it is damn, damn good. And since you brought up Oliver, 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 there are, (laughs) there is nobody creepier than musical theater people. So it makes totally perfect sense that, you know, the hot, creepy thing happens with, you know, you're like, yes, bend me over the counter and fuck me whether I want to get fucked or not, and maybe I'll get strangled too. Ew, gross. That's like one of those shows that Elena Acker appears on on the Investigation Discovery Network. Let's not do that. Okay, thanks for calling, Stacy. Goodbye. Hi, Patrick. This is Stacy again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's so pathetic that I'm calling right back, like, you know, 20 seconds later, but I missed uh, you. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I didn't miss you. No, I'm kidding. I did miss you. Anyway, um, I don't know why I'm so hyper, but I am. Uh, I just had to call and gloat, and this was the only podcast I could think where somebody would appreciate it, and that's that I'm listening to uh, your friend do his Dark Shadows review, 
And he was talking about the woman who played Angelique, and he had a quote where she's cursing Barnabas. And I was listening to her, and I realized I recognized who the actress was. I never, I was never a big fan of Dark Shadows. I actually liked the reboot they tried to do in the '90s when I was like in seventh grade. Anyway, um, fucking hell, I sound like I have Tourette syndrome, don't I? Anyway, I realized just from listening to that clip that I recognized that actress, and I knew the actress Laura Parker from Kolshak the Night Stalker. Oh, That's how much okay. of a fucking nerd I am. And I'm not talking about the shitty reboot that ran for three episodes that they tried to do 10 years ago. Oh, I'm talking about, about the original yeah. Darren McGavin, full-legged, seersucker suits, uh, crappy tennis shoes, and the pork pie hat. Anyway, I'm patting myself on the back. Apparently, I just wanted everybody to know I was doing it. Bye. Uh, well, Stacy, I suppose that if you needed a place to go to for self-indulgent self-congratulatory self-appreciation, then this is the right place because that's what I do for about two hours every two weeks. I am so great. I am so great. Yeah, I love you guys too, but I am so great. Oh, man. The original Dark Shadows versus the reboot? Girl, I'm going to blame that on your age from when you were a child since that's what you saw first, that's what you liked first. And I'm going to pretend we never had this conversation because Toppy Smelly will hunt you down and sit on your face. And unfortunately, the smelly part is true. So, you know, you'll have to deal with that. Okay, so when I'm threatening my listeners with, I don't know, the ass smells of other listeners, it is time to wrap this puppy up for another week. And you know what, Justin? From the Hysteria Lives podcast? From the Hysteria Continues podcast? You've been stealing my catchphrase. Yeah, for at least two episodes now. He has closed the show with, let's wrap this puppy up for another week. No. No, 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 no. Justin, I love you. I love the show. But you do not want to start a flame war with me. Because a flame war with me is not just a flame war. It's a flame war! Because I'm that gay. And I don't think you could keep up. Sorry! And you know what I'm going to do if you do it again, right? I've told you what I'm going to do, right? Y'all don't know what I'm going to do. If you want to know what I'm planning on doing, go listen to him. Go listen to that show. Go listen to that thing over there, that international debacle. And I mean that in the best possible way. Anyway, if you want to be like all these crazy cool people who called in and made the show even better than it was going to be in the first place, you can give me a call at 347-767-3509. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. Or you can even listen to me on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Smart Radio. Go check that out over there. It's a great app for your iPhone, iPad, Android, whatever. It's for anything. It's where you can hook it up to your fridge, probably. It's so cool. And for next time, since it's going to be Valentine's Day, and since the the movie Warm Bodies has come out, and I'm not particularly interested in it because A, zombies, B, romances. However, I think I might see it just because I've invited a very special guest on the show, a Mr. Dana P. Rowe, who is a uh, composer, of musicals, and he wrote a musical, the music for a musical, um, called Zombie Prom. And to my knowledge, that is the first example of zombie human love 
that I have ever encountered. And to me, it's still the best. So we're going to be talking about that because you know what? They made a short movie about it and it starred RuPaul. So really, how gay can you get? Well, we can always make it gayer, can't we? Um... There's a lot of people I'm planning to have on board very soon. Kelly, like I said, I'm going to ask Ann Bobby from Nightbreed to come on the show. She's a friend of mine. And, oh gosh, a whole bunch of musical guests have been appearing to me lately. And it's very, very, very exciting. And I really have to start making a schedule for the future. But you know what? Until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Oh, I used to love a nice slumber party when I was a girl. So much fun. The Ouija boards. Talking about boys, playing light as a feather, stiff as a board, and of course, all that scissoring. Lots and lots of scissoring. Mmm, mmm. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>